you are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tariq Cohen peeled back the curtain a little more on what went wrong for him in the Chicago Bears offense last season and what he and Matt Nagy plan to do about it in 2020. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast, brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. I'm Lauren Cox, and I'm here to bring you your Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today we will hear from the Bears' speedy running back, reflecting back on last season and looking ahead to next season. We'll also go through what Eddie Jackson said about his expectations for a different-looking Bears secondary this year. And then we'll hear from new right guard Jermaine Effetti on what we can expect from him this season, what he learned in Seattle, and what his impressions have been like now since joining the Bears. Year three for Tariq Cohen didn't go quite the way he would have wanted. We saw that steady progress from year one to year two, joining in Matt Nagy's offense for the first time, being featured a little bit more as a receiver out of the backfield, and being able to play some complimentary football here and there with Jordan Howard with him on the depth chart. Gone is Howard, in is David Montgomery, and a slew of offensive challenges separate from the running back position. And we see Cohen take a pretty significant step back in terms of production. And being that being said, he did have a career high in catches, but his yards per reception was cut almost in half from 2018 to 2019, despite catching 79 passes, only 456 yards on those 79 passes also had a career high in targets. So the ball was going his way, But A, it wasn't necessarily as far downfield, and B, he wasn't doing as much with those passes and perhaps wasn't always in as good of a position to make a play after the catch with those balls. And same in the running game, too. His yards per carry each season went from 4.3 to 4.5 and dropped all the way down to 3.3 last season, just 13 yards per game in the running game. And he wants to do better in 2020, as you might expect, and he was able to reveal a little bit more about some of what was holding him back by the end of the season and what he thinks Matt Nagy is going to do to get him going a little bit more next year. Hey, Tariq, uh, we haven't talked to you since uh, the end of the season. When you went back and looked at your year, what did you need? What did you decide you wanted to improve on during the off season? And, and what was your evaluation of your season kind of after you took a deep breath and, and looked back on it? I uh, definitely felt uh, a lot towards the end of the year that uh, my body was deteriorating like a little faster than I would normally feel, you know, oh, well, not faster, but a little more. So I feel like my hips was tight, uh, lower back, and uh, that's all from the hips. So I just feel like I've been uh, doing yoga now, uh, stretching more often, and uh, just like the small like training room, in-house things that you do, you know, to keep your body durable and uh, to keep like you know, the wear and tear of the season off you longer. Do you think they'll have a uh, a better defined plan for you in the offense this season uh, with the ways to get you the ball and base a little bit more? It seemed like that was a um, continuing uh, I- issue in 2019, which which wasn't the case the year before that. Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, we'll probably go back to the things that we were doing in 2018 and uh, – you know, I feel like we're just going to simplify things. I feel like we, at times we made it too hard on ourselves. Uh, and we didn't have people guessing. I feel like, you know, we were kind of, 
you know, just showing our cards a little bit. And uh, I feel like this year, you know, with a new OC, Coach Laser, already seeing the things he has planned for us, it's going to be hard to tell who's getting the ball and when or how they're getting the ball too. Why did you feel a little more worn down at the end of the year? And was usage part of that? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it was age probably. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe it was like uh, I feel like I didn't – I haven't been doing these things, like, you know, the stretching. And I really slacked on that because I feel like a big part of that was uh, me being – uh, now I have to be that leader in my running back room. I'm like the vet guy, so to speak. I had Benny before then, so I always had older guys with me that would, like, keep me on that, like, keep me in line with, let's go to the training room. Or I would see them in the training room, and that would, that would make me want to do it. But I feel like this year I didn't have that. And uh, that goes to uh, another part, you know, not on the field, but that's another part I'm looking to step up this year is uh, leadership in uh, my position group and then spreading it on the, to the whole team. Treat, just uh, did teams defend you more with, with defensive backs last year in the passing game? Uh, it was it was definitely depending on where I was at. I feel like when I went to the slot or outside, uh, I was seeing defensive backs. But when I stayed in the backfield, it was pretty much uh, linebackers. And it might have been a safety occasionally, depending on, like, down the distance and, like, where we were in the game. Cohen's quote there about simplifying the offense, I think, has been taken to perhaps mean the whole Bears offense. But I wonder if he meant more specifically simplify his role in the offense and try and make it so that – he doesn't have to do too much, and the quarterback doesn't have to think too much about what Cohen is doing, but just sort of work on getting him the ball in space and letting him work rather than necessarily purely being a check down option or trying to do too much with him with pre-snap motion and getting him all over the field. But interesting thoughts there on defensive back covering him a little bit more when he's at wide receiver. And of course, stretching and being the leader in the locker room, we sort of forget about Benny Cunningham's departure last season, leaving him as sort of the veteran guy. And Tariq Cohen is still, what, only 24 years old? He turns 25 this offseason, and all of a sudden he's the oldest one in the room, and he's got to step into that leadership role a little bit more and work with his coaching staff and his younger players around him to kind of show those other running backs how it's done. A similar sort of thing is trending that way with Eddie Jackson in the secondary, just as one of the longer tenured starters on the team who's had experience in this Bears defense. He talked a little bit about what he's expecting for a new starting cornerback and a new safety tandem with him, and we'll go through all of his thoughts on the future of this Bears secondary next on Locked On Bears. You've heard me talk before about Built Bars and why they truly are the best tasting protein bars. And I bet you're thinking to yourself, it sounds a little bit too good to be true. And I kind of thought so at first, to be totally honest with you. Then I tried one. Then I tried two. Then I tried four. Then I've tried, you know, 30-ish since. And I cannot get enough of them. Not only do they taste delicious, but they're good for you. I've got my coconut chocolate cream built bar right here in front of me. And I can tell you the nutrient facts right here. Four grams of fat, 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, just four grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs, no preservatives, 100% real chocolate. It tastes, this, this coconut chocolate one tastes like a Mounds candy bar to me, but it's got None of the added garbage you don't need from a candy bar. So try it for yourself. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for $10 off your first order. 
For the second straight offseason, Eddie Jackson is getting used to a new starting safety next to him on the back end. Presumably it will be the veteran Tashawn Gibson, although the Bears have characterized it that Deion Bush still technically in that safety competition, but I would tend to side with the, what, nine-year veteran with a lot of starting experience in Gibson that Bush is certainly starting from behind in that regard. But it's not anything new for Mr. Jackson. He's had success in a lot of different roles in this defense, and hopefully somebody like Gibson will allow him to play a little bit more of the free safety role that he finds himself more suited for. But then he's also watching over another potential starting cornerback combination as the Bears try and replace Prince of Mukamara. And all of this is while he is still getting used to Chuck Pagano's defense, still kind of entering year two with all of that coming together with this coaching staff. He's got high expectations despite some of the moving parts and feels like based on what they've done the last couple of seasons, this Bears secondary can just kind of hold it together a little bit, keep things moving. They don't have to reinvent the wheel or be this you know spectacular, necessarily like dominant 35 interception, huge shutdown secondary. They just have to do their jobs and, and let the rest of their teammates step up and fill in the cracks. And this defense should be in good hands. And I'll warn you, at one point, Eddie Jackson's audio gets a little bit funky. I, I tried to clean it up as best I could, but it was part of a video conference call, and it's all recorded on the same audio line, so you can't really separate the sounds and the, the different kind of static that you hear there. I don't think Eddie had a very strong internet connection during this conversation, but I thought his answer was still worth hearing despite a little bit of a distraction in there. How long does it take, especially without any on-field practices, kind of develop a bond with a new partner at safety like you're going to have to do this year? I don't think that's like something like you you really can put, uh, you know, like a, a time limit on. You know, it's just, it happens. You know, some people you can adapt quick. You know, you can adapt in a week, you know, a few weeks or a few days. So I feel like it just depends on the type of relationship or the type of person and the type of player, you know, you plan to get next to. Along those same lines, uh, when you look at both corner and safety, just the defensive backfield in general, uh, that's where a couple of the new pieces are. What do you think you guys need to do this year to kind of uh, keep the momentum going that this defense has had the last time? Uh, you know, chemistry. You know, uh, you know, one thing about our group of guys, you know, we have good chemistry, and everyone's, you know, a, a special type of guy. You know, no one's, I feel like, it's too big. Everyone's humble. Everyone's, you know, is willing to learn and, and – and, and accept different challenges. So for us, I feel like, you know, we, we, we're going to pick up right where we left off, off at, you know, but more better. You know, we want to get better at a lot of different things. We need to get better at, you know, the deep, the deep back. Like I said, all that really starts, you know, building a relationship with guys. What can playing under Chuck Pagano in year two of just getting to know him and his scheme and his coaching style do for you guys as a defense as the whole? Um, I mean, it just gives us that more, more comfort. You know, we've been in one year, so we kind of know what to expect from it. And everyone knows their job. Now you know different guys' role. And one thing I like about Coach Chuck and the way they're teaching it, they, they're teaching everyone different positions. So you can know, you know, the, the, the job to the man next to you and make sure your job, you know, your help is, you know, your responsibility and, and things like that. So I feel like, you know, this, this year too is going to be a major league. just been being here already under one guy's positions and where your help is that helps you play more freely, you know, so that's that's probably the biggest thing. Again, I apologize for the audio quality there, but it's far out of my control. It was recorded by the Chicago Bears on a video press conference 
you know, group meeting type of thing and limited internet connection, I think, all around there was causing some of the problems. But I thought he brought up some good points about the value of chemistry and knowledge. And it, it feels like a lot of what this Bears defense need is just time together. And I think that's one potential downside of this virtual offseason that they've had to do is they haven't been able to quite work in those same ways. It's not necessarily as much like, okay, making sure that everybody has the playbook fully memorized and knows exactly where they need to be. I mean, all those things are important, but I think Jackson is rightfully putting a lot of emphasis on that chemistry and, and trusting your teammates and knowing everybody's skill sets and how a guy moves, you know, okay, how, just how fast is Gibson to get from this spot in the, you know, in the pre-snap lineup to back at the deep safety? Okay, how much space do I need to give him? How much time do I need to give him? How much can I trust him? How much ground can he cover? You know, th- those sort of questions where the cornerback needs to know the safety, the safety needs to know the other safety, and the other safety needs to know the other cornerback and the linebackers in front of them. I mean, it's all sort of one cohesive unit that, especially in zone coverage, kind of has to flow together and know where each other's boundaries are. And the main way you develop that is practicing and being on the field together and seeing everybody else run. So you can talk through the ideas as much as you want and get all the concepts down mentally, but it seems to me they need to be physically present and getting that, not not only that off-the-field chemistry, but that on-the-field chemistry to really make sure that they're at their peak cohesiveness by the time the regular season comes around. Hopefully training camp will get to be somewhat normal in that regard and players will get to be on the field and doing a lot of the things necessary to build that cohesion because it's not just exclusive to that secondary. We definitely need to see this Bears offensive line get all five starters in place early and work them as many reps as they possibly can together. It's still a competition at right guard, but Jermaine Effetti. I think feels pretty confident that he's going to win it and feels like right guard is going to be the best spot for him. He explains why next on Locked On Bears. The best spot for you to get all of your car and auto parts is rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years with everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic car or your daily driver, you get everything you need in just a few clicks delivered straight to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and really actually really easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available specific to your vehicle, and then you can just kind of switch between the brands and the specifications and, of course, the prices you prefer because rockauto.com always has reliably low and the same prices for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Chain stores have different price tiers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com We should make sure that we've got our expectations set properly for Jermaine Effetti given that yes he comes in as the favorite I think to start at right guard he has a decent amount of experience from his time in Seattle he was a first round pick and a player that seems like has some untapped potential and maybe wasn't coached properly or as well as he could have been 
in Seattle. So there is a lot of reason to be excited and have hope and optimism for what he could do in Chicago. But let's also remember how much he struggled in Seattle. There was definitely uh, some animosity from Seahawks fans, feeling like at times Ifedi was the weak link on their offensive line. And he only signed for a one-year, essentially close to veteran minimum deal. I believe it's like technically full value is like one year, $1 million, but it'll count technically just less than that on the Bears salary cap because of how the veteran contract minimums work. And so the money is ultimately what should set expectations. And that should be somewhat low. Not that he we can't expect him to be a starter, but maybe he's not going to be a lockdown starter. We shouldn't be surprised if he has some trouble along the way, or even if Rashad Coward is good enough to beat him out. I think at this point, that seems a little bit more unlikely, and we should expect Ifedi to start. But let's just keep it in perspective that he may not be the perfect solution at right guard, but he could be good enough to at least get them through. And it does seem like right guard is where he wants to be, where he'll be most comfortable, and having a, a better offensive line coach in theory in Juan Castillo should help too. Those were some of the things he spoke on, and specifically the why right guard is better for him and what he sees in his new offensive line coach, all of which he thinks could make the difference in Chicago. I know you split your time uh, between tackle and guard. Um, uh, our understanding is you're probably going to be starting at guard here. Which which are you more comfortable at? And maybe could you tell us why or how you see the differences? Well, um, coming up coming up until college, I played uh, guard my entire career, and I played guard my first two years of college. Um, but there was a need at tackle, and I just kind of stuck out there the last the last two years of college, and then uh, same in the league, came in the league, played guard, uh, and played tackle last few years. So. Um, you know, I've always, you know, considered myself a uh, kind of inside guy, uh, uh, you know, road grader type, but I, I've always accepted the challenge that came with playing tackle also. So, you know, just, you know, whichever, whichever one is the need, whichever one is needed at the time, uh, you know, it's no, it's no issue with doing either one. It's just, uh, you know, doing your technique and, and uh, doing what you know to be natural, which is, you know, you can play in space, can play in, uh, can play in the phone booth too at guard. You know, it's just same type of mentality playing offensive line. I mean, how much of a stigma are your penalty issues? Uh, does that kind of compound itself where maybe once you get that that rap, uh, uh, officials are, are looking at you and stuff like that? Or how legitimate is that is that issue for you? And is that position specific? Is it? Would you think it'll be less of an issue at guard than at tackle? Um, you know, uh, to answer your first one, you know, I don't. It kind of depends how you look at it. Uh, a lot of people look at penalties and they look at the numbers and they say, um, well, you got a high number of penalties, so, you know, it must be doing something wrong. Well, penalties are all kind of, you know, created differently. You know, they're not all created equal. They're not all, you know, quote, unquote, correct or on the person they called them on, you know. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's just a, it's a thing, you know, something you got to deal with. You know there's two refs back there. You know that teams can send a pregame report in, pregame, say this guy's had – holding penalties, he jumps to count, all this other stuff. So, you know, you're aware of those things, you know, and it's not something you play with. It's not something you uh, – it's not something you thinking about in the back of your head, but you're just aware of it. You're aware that uh, now with the – there's no – there's two officials back there instead of one like it used to be. So now they can really kind of see everything you're doing, especially when, okay, you've been high in the penalty count uh, uh, lately. So – you know, they can they can spotlight that anything borderline. So, you know, it comes into play, but 
you know, you just play through it. It's not, you know, you start thinking about the type of stuff, you know, you, you can't play as fast. You just want to play fast. I'm just curious what you've learned about Juan Castillo. He's new. You're new here in Chicago. Um, but we, we can we know what you can do on the field, and certainly we've heard a ton about his impact so far on this team. Yeah, you know, uh, just 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 a just a coach that uh, you know reputation precedes him. You know, he he has a history of just making guys better. You know, and however however that he's able to get that done, he's been able to do it. And uh, you know, you really can't say that for every coach. You know, as much as you like to say it, uh, especially for line coaches. The proof is in the pudding, you know, uh, with this guy, you know, Buffalo, the Ravens. You know, I've seen the tape over and over again. These guys are getting better when he's coming in in that situation. So, and the way he teaches, the way he teaches it, he makes it clear for you. He makes it he, he makes it just a clearer picture for you. And, um, you know, fortunate, fortunate that he's here. But I think uh, I think he's going to – I think he's going to take everybody on the Lions game to a new level because – it's something different than I've ever been taught. It's, it's a different way than I've ever been taught. And I think it's different than a lot of guys have been taught. And, and you know, if we buy in, uh, I think he can really help us be a lot better uh, and be that old line that this team needs. If you read between the lines a little bit there from Afedi and try not to draw too many conclusions or jump to too many assumptions or anything like that, but I, I can't help but notice some... I don't want to say subtle shots or criticism, but just some references to things in his past of like, you know, being put in at right tackle when he didn't necessarily want to or feel like it was his best position, but kind of had to do and was maybe forced a little bit by his coaching staff. And also talking about the way he talks about Juan Castillo and, and how it's different from ways he's been coached in the past. It, it all kind of hints at the, what he maybe wasn't necessarily receiving in Seattle from a coaching standpoint that he could be in Chicago. And that sentiment is not exclusive to Jermaine Effetti. Over the last, what, four or five years, we've heard former Seahawks offensive linemen make similar hints. No one's outright come out and said, oh, yeah, Tom Cable and, you know, the Seahawks offensive line coach was terrible, et cetera, et cetera. But there's just been a lot of hints that, like, maybe they're not being coached as well as they could be in Seattle, which lends credence to the idea that Effetti can be better in Chicago than he was in C- with the Seahawks. But at the same time, four years into his career, you know, now we're gonna turn or just turned 26 earlier this month, is he gonna be a drastically different player all of a sudden than he was early on his career? Probably not. That doesn't mean he can't be better. That doesn't mean he won't keep improving in certain directions. But again, just trying to keep expectations reasonable here. Not not at the floor, not bottom terrible, but not stellar Pro Bowl type guy either. A middle of the line right guard, and you can feel like, you know what, Rashad Coward is there as a backup if things go wrong. He was able to hold his own last year. You have Alex Bars in that discussion as well. A couple of seventh-round picks that probably aren't ready to play just yet, but they do have options there, and it is a competition for now, and we'll see exactly how it plays out. But smart money is on Jermaine Effetti at this point, and like I said, reason to believe he could be better here than he was before. That's Always easy to say in the offseason when it feels like everybody's going to be better and no one is going to be worse and everything is going to improve and nothing is going to decrease from last season. But we know that's not always the case Uh, across the roster. Some players are going to get better. Some players aren't. Some players are going to be hurt. Some players aren't. And that's part of the luck of the draw in the NFL. But however it plays out, you can be sure that we'll be breaking it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button 
so you're keeping up with all of our Chicago Bears news and analysis all off-season long. We'll keep rolling with about probably three-ish podcasts a week. I know we snuck in a fourth one last week with the Black Lives Matter roundtable, which I highly encourage you take a listen to if you haven't yet. I cannot emphasize enough how important that conversation was. It included eight of our black hosts here on the Lockdown Podcast Network talking about their experiences with the police and with racism and what needs to change in our country for all of us to be equal. It's really a powerful discussion that I think if, if you listen with open ears and an open mind and an open heart, you'll learn, you'll love, you'll feel for these guys, you'll relate to them in ways that I don't think you expect. If, you, if you're not a black person or a person of color or a minority at all in this country, you're not able to experience some of the things they have. And it's hard to almost imagine it until you hear it come out of their mouth and you can really put yourself in their shoes and feel for them and understand what they've dealt with. That's what the Roundtable podcast really captures well and i can't recommend you listen to that enough because we'll still be here with your bears football talk but some things are more important than football and that roundtable discussion certainly highlights a very big one and then when you're done with that you can always come back to these for a little bit more of your football talk and another opportunity to bear down